delve a little bit more into the world of dating and what dating is like in these times, whether you are even allowed to date. There seems to be a lot of mixed reviews around about whether it's sort of okay to leave the house for dating or not. I feel like Berlin is as a whole, we've got a little bit lax, maybe because Germany's doing so okay. But it's starting to feel a little bit, yeah, like we're returning to a kind of new normality. Admitting everyone's keeping their distance and people are wearing masks. But I'm definitely seeing, you know, more people out and about on the street. It's partly, I think, the good weather. The good weather makes everyone horny. I think that's a definitely a thing. And I just think, yeah, people are sort of trying to make it back to the kind of normal thing and part of the normal thing is dating again obviously um, as for me I'm trying to interview low on offers in fact I feel like I have more offers than usual though I was thinking about this and this could just be because usually I'm so busy with comedy that I'm not really aware of my offers and I don't really have time because I use every one of my evenings to do that and it's funny actually I wrote in my I'd written in my diary the initials SBB um, a couple of weeks ago and I was looking at them being like what is that like obviously it's cancelled because you know COVID but I was like what is that that I'm missing out on and then I realised that it was my own show my Femmes open mic that I was running before shows before Burroughs I was like that's how far deep away from the regular world that I didn't even recognise the initials to my own show that I host, so that's wild, um, I miss comedy a lot, comedy is my, it turns out it's been doing a lot of things for me, um, and then of course I think I tried to find them in a relationship situation because I, you know, the attention or feeling like adored or whatever, um, so I have a nice conversation with me and Rosie Wilby from the Breakup Monologues podcast, which is an awesome podcast you should check out. We had a Zoom call, so this is a Zoom call recording. Um, so you're going to enjoy that. You can hear a bit about, you know, what happened in my relationship, putting it all out there, apparently. Um, and then I also decided to hit up the wonderful Ben McLean, who's an amazing Canadian comedian who runs Go West Comedy. When that's back, go check it out. Um, ben, I think Ben won't mind me saying he's a frequenter of the Berlin mm, fetish club scene, let's say. I don't know. He's got a beautiful thought account, which is very, very sexy if you want to go check it out. So we're going to hear how Ben's doing in lockdown without so much love. Uh, and then finally, I've got a bit from Tyrone, who is the host of crazy stupid Berlin and this is a bit with his co-host Daniel and this is all about dating and I thought we'd have some like funny bits we'd sort of sandwich some funnier bits between my story which is I mean I'm not sad in the recording but it's a sad story maybe because um, it's about a breakup but breakups also give you a lot of good food for thought and ways to you know work itself out and so on so yeah, I hope you enjoy today's episode. I'm, oh, and right at the end, I've got a treat for you. My cousin has made a lockdown song. Um, so I'm going to slap that at the end for you all to listen to and play out. And I really, yeah, and maybe dance to. 
Um, I think he wants dancers for like a YouTube video. So if he inspires you to dance in your living room, in your bedroom, wherever you are, uh, then go for it, do it, and send it to me, and I'll send it to him. Classic. Um, yeah, so that's what's happening with me. That's how today's episode's going to pan out. I uh, hope you all stay safe. Try and keep that 1.5 meters, even when you're, you know, running off your cheeky, cheeky sex appointments. Um, yeah, what a weird time, and a weird time to be dating. I, uh, I'm just very impressed with humans and how they are dealing with all of this. But I am, um, yeah, I want you to all stay safe and enjoy and I'll speak to you soon. My name is Ben McLean. I'm a Canadian stand-up comic living in Berlin. Last month, while I was on a work trip, I got a call to say that I'd been exposed to coronavirus. And after rushing home to start my quarantine, I remember one of the first conversations I had with a friend, a fellow Canadian. Ben, she said, how are you going to manage without sex? I guess in this city, that's the natural first question when you're checking in on someone who can't leave their apartment. You don't ask if they need milk or cough medicine or food for the cat. You make sure they have a contingency plan in place for getting off. That's our Berlin hierarchy of needs. But what was I going to tell her? I mean, I've worked so hard to build up a certain mystique with my borderline not-suitable-for-work Instagram posts. I have a reputation to live up to. But I told her I'd be just fine. Going into some sort of sexual hibernation is actually nothing new for me. In fact, for some reason... I guess I've always stockpiled sex as if I was planning for a crisis just like this. I tend to live life to the fullest, maybe all in one weekend. Then I just live off the memories of that wonderful time for many months. And I've always been like that. I think if you take the number of men I sleep with and average it out over a year, my sex life is very unremarkable. But admittedly, there are weekends that are kind of like something you'd read about at Ripley's Believe It or Not. Um, I guess it's my own version of intermittent fasting. But this actually set me up very well for this incredibly weird period we're all living through. If you're fortunate enough to just ride out this whole thing in self-isolation, so much depends on the situation you were in on day zero. It's like that moment gets frozen in time. So when the Berlin Public Health Office informed me I would need to stay home, I was single. But thankfully, I had just wrapped up one of those Guinness Book of World Records periods in my romantic life. A few weeks before we were all washing our bananas and fashioning masks out of old underwear, a few weeks before all this craziness, I went on the trip of a lifetime, a gay cruise. Seven days in the Caribbean on the world's largest cruise ship with 5,000 gay men from all over the world. It was an all-you-could-eat experience, and um, easily one of the best weeks of my life. I can't even begin to describe how much fun I had. I just want to say, like, on the very first night, I knew things were off to an amazing start. 
when I went to the dining room and they put me at a table with one of my favorite porn stars. Like, I was in a tizzy. I almost forgot which fork to use first. Needless to say, I stocked up on enough memories during that cruise to last multiple quarantines. My only regret is, could you imagine if we'd all gone for sexual health checkup just before this lockdown? We could have used these months of unexpected abstinence to kill off some of these STIs, and then we would have come back with a vengeance. But whatever, hindsight is twenty twenty. For the time being, I find myself coping quite well, going from the feast of a few weeks ago to the famine, sexually, that many of us are living through right now. I guess my experience is a little bit different. I see so many people online posting that they're corona horny, and my favorite thirst trap influencers are still putting up the photos each week for hashtag Ask Wednesday, hashtag Thirsty Thursday, and they're doing that with a level of dedication that's truly admirable. But sometimes I wonder, am I the only person who feels a bit sexually offline right now? During times of crisis, to be honest, my libido goes MIA. It's harder to find than the proverbial bottle of hand sanitizer. This has always been my survival mode. Like, you don't want to talk to me at tax time. You don't want to talk to me when it's the season finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm just on edge, and my libido flatlines. So I know that many of my friends crave physical contact right now, and I can even tell from the tone of their WhatsApp messages that they are very frustrated. But I don't know. I'm kind of in my bunker situation with my cat, and the loneliness hasn't gotten to me yet. Peach has told us to fuck the pain away, but apparently I've learned that I'd rather channel all that energy into very aggressive filing and dusting. I actually just celebrated my one-month lockdown anniversary. Strangely enough, it wasn't because Facebook popped up with some stupid memory to commemorate the occasion. Don't give them that idea. You know somebody's thinking about that. I knew I'd been in quarantine for a month because I started getting emails from my dating apps that my profile would soon be deleted due to inactivity. And I started to wonder, am I even gay anymore? Don't get me wrong. This like would be a perfect time for me to be online because I've always had a fetish for volunteers and people in public service. So when I see all these essential staff working selflessly throughout the crisis, like the healthcare workers, that's really hot. I just want a man who's system relevant. I want to see what's under their personal protective equipment, if you know what I'm saying. But first of all, those guys should have other priorities right now. They better not be checking Grinder while they're intubating people. And the second problem is, I'm militant about social distancing. I'm the guy who gives you side-eye if you get too close to me in the produce section, let alone in the bedroom. So that rules out hookups. I mean, I take social distancing so seriously that when I saw some of my favorite adult entertainers were still posting brand new collabs on Twitter, even during the lockdown, I thought, I will never touch myself looking at you ever again. Because I'm a man of principle. So where was I? About the apps on my phone. I don't even see the point right now. There aren't even any tourists around to chat with. I'd just be speaking with the same guys in my neighborhood from the last 10 years, and some of them have literally sent me the same dick pic about 50 times. Although I do miss chatting with a couple people. There's this gay couple whose bedroom looks into my living room, and we used to do this thing where we'd flash the lights in our apartments as a way to flirt across the park that separates our units. But now they've seen me doing my online aerobics classes, and I think it's safe to say any three-way negotiations are off the table. I don't want anyone to think that corona has made me give up on love, though. 
I'm just in some sort of standby mode. Rest assured when the DHL delivery guy brings me my parcels, that uniform is still doing things to me. He's a silver fox. So there, there is reason for hope. And I really feel all this alone time has actually, ironically, gotten me out of a really long relationship funk. All it took was constant talk of death over the past few weeks for me to think, you know what? Probably should have been putting myself out there a bit more. I've actually been single for so long that some of my friends in Berlin have had enough time to get married, divorced, and married again. I've been single for so long that even my 82-year-old mom has taken to giving me pep talks about dating, like she's Sinead O'Connor's doctor in that song, Nothing Compares to You. The good news is, though, it seems like my subconscious has reached a breakthrough. A few nights ago, instead of having my usual dream that Angela Merkel and I are BFFs and that she's come over to my place for Kaffee und Kuchen to walk me through her pandemic response plan instead of that dream, I had one of those dreaded dreams about my ex where your brain just presents a best-of compilation of all the least dysfunctional moments of your relationship, those horrible dreams. But just as we were settling in once again, in my imagination, we were settling into those big spoon, little spoon rolls, and everything was so familiar, and there were no arguments about whose turn it was to empty the kitty litter. Just then, in that moment of bliss, when things started to get hot and heavy, I suddenly just sat up in bed, and it was the end of the scene. All I can say is, if you're in the middle of a wet dream, and your own brain stops you from reaching completion... That's your subconscious saying, oh, hell no, we are not going through that all over again. So if I've gained anything from this corona crisis, it's like my brain has finally put a circuit breaker in place to say once and for all, move on. Sometimes you need a bit of a nudge like that to get you out of a rut. Pandemics are good for that. It's like my cat who is so eager to see me have a social life again that she started sleeping under blankets to get away from me. So I'm looking forward to putting myself out there when we're allowed to. But until that's possible, I'm going to try to enjoy every moment of this time out. I'm allowing myself to take a little break from Berlin just for a few weeks, just for a short little while. I want to regroup and not get caught up in that feeling of sexual FOMO, which is such a big part of life here. I love the city so much. And don't get me wrong, like, I want to be out there chasing after guys in Tiergarten as much as the next person. But sometimes you just don't feel like you can keep up with everything that's on offer here. And at least for a few weeks, you don't have to. Let's enjoy it while it lasts. My name is Ben McLean, and you can follow me on Instagram at B-E-N underscore underscore M-A-C-L-E-A-N or on Twitter at Ben underscore McLean. Or come see me at my monthly comedy showcase, Go West Comedy. Take care.
basically we have an interview with me. So Rosie Wilweave from the wonderful Break Up Monologues podcast uh, interviewed me for her podcast that you can go and listen to online wherever you get your podcasts. And I thought I would use that interview with me uh, being on the receiving end, you know, so you guys could get an update on what's going on with me. And then I throw it over to Rosie. I ask her some questions about how she created her podcast, you know, what her feelings are about breakups and relationships and what she thinks that, you know, this whole time, whether this will change how we do love. Uh, it's really nice. It is recorded on like a Zoom record, so it's not like the best audio quality. And I've left some of the kind of cute bits of us like figuring out the the technology in because I feel it's quite nice. It's quite raw. It's quite real. Maybe you guys will feel it too because you're all having to deal with Zoom and stuff. And also I want to promote her book. Uh, is monogamy dead so go check that out i believe maybe the other nature might have had some of them in stock um other nature for those of you that don't know it's an amazing berlin-based uh sex shop and it's just wonderful it's what all sex shops should be which is like super friendly and welcoming and i actually won a vibrator uh courtesy of other nature at the last smut slam that happened before in Berlin, before lockdown began, uh, run by the wonderful Cameron Moore. So go check out some smut slam stuff. There's stuff that's happening online, I believe, um, if you want some more more sexy tales. Um, yeah, so this is the next bit with me and Rosie, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Okay. So it's all good? So can you hear me kate yeah i can hear you fine fantastic um and how uh, how long had you been seeing somebody when? i would say it was about 10 days about 10 so. days so that's pretty that's pretty quick <laughs> but to yeah to move in together so when the lockdown was announced, did you decide that you would stay at at their place or your place? So basically, we thought it was because I'm in Berlin. This is where I live. Okay, so, so you're I think, Berlin. yeah, yeah. So I think we thought like, I think we sort of had like a panic and was like, it's going to go total lockdown. It's going to be like an apocalypse. We're going to not be able to go to the supermarket. And yeah. in that sense, we were still in the exciting first 10 days where it's like, hmm, sex, great. So we were <laughs> yeah. like, okay, yeah. Like, I don't want to forego that right now. So I'll come lockdown with you. And even though after a week or so, it was apparent that we weren't really being asked to do that, I think I still had the mentality that was like, I cannot leave here. Like, this is where uh, lockdown was. And we did, I think we made it 10 more days where it was fine. Yeah. But when it did, when we did get a fight, it was like everything imploded because the it situation was, was just too intense. Yeah, intense. yeah, it was really yeah. epic. Well, I think that's the thing. Even, even people who, you know, been together a long time or, you know, have quite chilled relationships normally, this is suddenly something quite intense. Although it's interesting, I mean, Germany, I think your situation isn't isn't quite as bad. I think the, the no. situation has been so much better there, hasn't it? 
Yeah, um, uh, like credit to Germany. Germany is doing really well. It seems to be like it's coping really well. Um, the health service doesn't seem to be overrun yet. And I guess because maybe Germans are very good at following rules. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> They're like, terrible here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, stay inside. Germans are like, mm, okay. okay. And then they just go out for their walk. And um, yeah. yeah, it seems to be very good. So I think I'm super lucky. I, there was a kind of moment in the beginning where I sort of thought, oh, are we going to go? Should I go back to the UK? And the guy that I was seeing, he's also from the UK. So we both are kind of dealing with being kind of worried about the UK. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like much point to go there and kind of add to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're probably, probably better where you are. But mm. um, tell me a bit about how the relationship kind of got to this sort of intense um, row. Was it just about being in close proximity? Were you in quite a small apartment or flat together? Was there a way you could take space from each other? Or were you not at that stage where you wanted to take space? Because when you're in the early days, I guess you enjoy being together 24 7 but maybe it's a bit much because yeah you I guess have dates a few times a week and and then you go back to your place and sleep and you know <laughs> have that kind of yeah different time as well yeah for sure so um it like it was when it was going well it was going very well but and the apartment was I'd have to say a very fancy nice apartment there's a whole kind of setup uh, he's got there with a very nice roof and balconies. And, um, but he wasn't alone. He was quarantining with, okay, this is going to sound very Berlin. Um, another <laughs> he lover in, or something? Yeah, he's in a non-sexual platonic gay thruple with two other men. Oh, so he was with the two other men in the apartment? So they're like his best friends yeah. and they were there. They were kind of quarantining themselves. They weren't always there, but they were kind of coming in. It was like, that was the bubble. Those were the walls around where the bubble of like people who could see one another. Yeah. And so for me, like I really enjoyed all of their company of everyone there. Everyone was really like a fun person. But at some point I f felt like it was like, I was still the outsider. Yeah yeah and so that when the fight happened I think he really wanted space he really needed space and I'd said very early on that's fine but I need like a 20 minute date a day just so it feels like we're still dating and uh, that's kind of cute yeah I think that's a cute idea yeah, and we did I it for like it. yeah we did it for like four days where it was like we'd sit down for at least 20 minutes like eat banana bread of course everyone's making banana bread uh, yes uh, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Um, and you know, chat, and that was nice. And then that started to drop off. He was there a time of day that you had the date? No, it could have been any time of day, yeah. But it stopped happening. I started feeling resentful. I didn't vocalize that. And when I did and said, like, you're with your friends and I'm not with mine, he responded, and I mean, he's right, that was your decision, okay. So yeah, we were having a 20 minute date a day for about three or four days we did that and then it sort of dropped off because he was still working. So I'm a comedian. So I lost all the things that I would usually do, which is going to open mics and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Berlin has a nice uh, comedy scene usually. But um, so I lost all the things that I wanted to do. And I, you know, part of the reason I enjoy comedy is because I also enjoy 
attention. And so when you're not getting that anymore, <laughs> yes, like the problem. Um, yes, you feel bereft. Of, yeah, <laughs> um, it's one of the things I do to kind of cope with my like depression and whatever. And so um, then I'm kind of demanding it from this person who you know doesn't isn't able to give it to me uh 24 hours a day and um and that's very fair he needed space but when I said to him like you know you're quarantining with all your friends but I'm not with my friends he sort of responded that's your that was your decision which is not wrong mm. but not what I wanted to hear in that moment and so I just I took that badly <laughs> yeah. so that's when that's when you had an argument yeah and then I think it sort of imploded from there. I ended up going and staying in his studio up the road for like a few nights by myself, which is the worst thing for me because I shouldn't be alone. And then from there, I was like, actually, yeah, I needed to go back to return home. Yes. <laughs> and so was that then the completely the end of the relationship? Have you had any more contact? Um, we've text because... I left some stuff there yeah. um, specifically and this is very important to British people I know uh, my twinings Earl Grey tea bags uh, <laughs> that I <laughs> can't just buy in Germany so I really want them back um, yeah. and so I text him a week ago and then he's been a bit like not responding which is now frustrating me um, and it's annoying it's the age of social media and we're doing this annoying thing where if I watch his Instagram stories, he watches mine and I just, and I can see it happening and it's annoying and I wish I was a better person and I could just ignore these things, but I can't. <laughs> yes, I think there's a word for that, isn't it, there where you're watching each other's um, Instagram stories, isn't it, orbiting or something like that? Um, oh, I didn't know there was a word for it, but orbiting sounds like the feeling, that's what. Yes, doing. where you're sort of not directly communicating, but you're somehow keeping that person in your orbit and watching what, what they're up to online yeah so yeah it, it's it's um it's interesting times I mean do you feel sort of frustrated in a way at the timing of of this lockdown I mean w we have a friend me and my partner who similarly was sort of slightly catapulted into a really intense situation of living together they'd been together a little bit longer a few months um but yes the intensity of being kind of cooped up together in in her flat sort of precipitated an argument which at the time I think they thought was a, a breakup but then we had a chat with with her and she was saying oh it's like we did our relationship backwards and in the end they have started communicating again and actually going for sort of socially distanced walks in the park and talking things through and they might you know when things are more normal if, if if it ever goes back to something like normal sort of start yeah. again and doing things slowly again and I think they recognize that this weird intense situation they were thrown in together was just maybe too soon um because living together is, is intense especially when you can't actually leave <laughs> yeah yeah for sure like I think we said that even ourselves after it kind of imploded we said, I think we would, he said, to, I think we would have done fine in the kind of regular times because I would be getting my attention from being on the stage six nights a week and whatever. So then when I would see him, I wouldn't require so much like, I wouldn't be so needy. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think we would have lasted longer. I mean, this is the thing, it's Berlin. So everyone's in some kind of like polyamorous open relationship. And that was one of the things he said to me at the end where he was like, I don't want to do monogamy. And I was like, that's very fine. It's not me that's asking you to do monogamy right now. That's the government. And really, you can't get mad at me about that because I'm perfectly fine if you want to go out. I don't have an issue with that kind of style of relationship. Um, if you want to go out and like sleep with whoever. But I guess but it is right more, now. it's more difficult now, isn't it, for anyone? But you can't do walking. that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just not reasonable to expose yourself to multiple people because that's, it's just not fair. And I have stories from friends who were in apartments where people who are in multiple relationships were going out and seeing multiple people and that caused lots of anxiety within the apartment. Yeah. It's just a temporary thing. And so I don't know, I, we got on very well. Um, I wouldn't say he was the love of my life, but uh <laughs> <laughs> but um I would have yeah I'm annoyed with them now because I haven't got my tea bags back but oh, yeah well that's annoying <laughs> yeah that is do really you, I mean do you think you'll stay in touch at all or, or not I think the nature of Berlin and if things go back to normal the way they do I will end up seeing him probably anyway because I think I'll end up being in similar circles as him and possibly does that, does that feel okay yeah that's fine i've 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 yeah i've been in bars where i've had dates with bartenders that didn't go well and then i've had to do comedy in front of them i've done that whole <laughs> thing i've had to do the comedy in front of exes thing and their new girlfriend it's it's awkward at the time but it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah awkward and have you been you've been collecting other people's stories as well you're doing a podcast yeah. about some of these well, love yeah. in the time of Corona. Yeah, Yay. that's my podcast. <laughs> what what story have you been hearing from people for that? It's really, um, it's really a mixture. I've heard like so. It's hard because I have on the one side my um, my friends who tell me stuff about their relationships, and there's like relationships that have been going on for a long time and that are really struggling now. And then I have friends who are very single and they're really struggling with that, like yeah. feeling like oh, everyone's coupled up and they have someone to cuddle. Yeah. Um. So. It is, yeah, it's, I think every, okay, almost universally, I feel like everyone is feeling their emotions in a way that just we haven't felt. That's something that I feel like is a universal, like whether you're single, whether you're happy about it, whether you're in a platonic love that's deepening, everyone is feeling everything day to day in a way that beforehand, if you felt, you know, a way about something, if you felt not very good, you'd head out to the pub or you would go and distract yourself, but no, you can't do that in the same way. Um, and I think everyone's, More yeah, just kind of, yeah. We're kind of in this collective anxious, low level anxiety phase and it's all coming in from everyone. So that I think is the feeling I get. I have a lot of collect like submissions this week about self-love, people working out how to give times to themselves. Um, and then before I was talking to, I find they've got also a lot of, I think the people that share are more and more easy to share are people that are single because people in relationships, I think are maybe struggling a bit at the moment and yeah. don't necessarily want to put that out there online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fair. Which is fair. Yeah. 
yeah maybe not right now anyway (laughs) you might just add to the um add to the tension I mean you know I have to say I feel quite lucky because I'm in a partnership of oh what about three and a half years and we have a a dog and a cat and you know Mm. quite a nice house and enough room to give each other a bit of space and get on with our work and projects and stuff so we've actually I would say we've been really close and it's it's been working pretty well but I realized that that is not it's not (laughs) but I I think our bond has been you know we've had a couple of arguments just about things you know food or whatever but um yeah it's but it's been it's been really nice and I think there is a bond you know in some ways these intense experiences and extreme experiences can be quite bonding and I think having the pets I think having animals is always a big stress relief yeah yeah there's a cat where I am now and I have to say it's making my life so much better (laughs) everyone get a cat um that's really nice to hear actually that's really that's a really nice story that it's like you're you know yeah bonding basically this is good that's the stories you want really yeah (laughs) I I think as well as much as there are you know definitely statistically we hear about divorce divorce rates jumping up everywhere mm. i think there are people who who may be enjoying time with their partner as well yeah there is i've had i have had a friend who messaged me saying yeah she's very happy now because they're both at home and she's like it's like better than being on holiday because when you're on holiday you have to like get up and go and see stuff but now <laughs> it's like he can't get mad that I'm watching Kardashians all day. So he's just like, okay, there's nothing else to do. So she's like, we're getting on great. And I was like, actually, yeah, maybe that is sometimes what some people need. to it's a really relaxed holiday where you're not, yeah. there's no pressure to <laughs> something or do something. Yeah. You don't need to get photos for the gram. You're on your sofa in your pajamas. We all know that. That's <laughs> well, some people would still take photos of that. So. <laughs> yeah, that's but. also. <laughs> also yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, if there's anything else that you'd like to chat me about that you want to, um, um I'd quite like to just ask you about how you started your podcast. Um oh well I have been I've been doing comedy many many years. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I music before that and writing and journalism. I, I've sort of been around doing creative stuff in London for a long time and um I did a tr- I've done a trilogy of comedy shows that I've toured taken to Edinburgh Fringe and stuff. Um all about love and relationships. There was one called The Science of Sex, and then there was one called Is Monogamy mm. Dead? So, and that turned into my my book. Actually, I can I can show <gasps> you. <Yeah. laughs> and, and so I, I I looked into obviously you talk about you know Berlin particularly. There's there's a lot of people doing poly relationships and looking at relationships differently. But I think mm. for me in my social circles of friends who were kind of over forty and stuff, it was a bit of a new kind of scary world you know like so many friends are very monogamous or at least think they are (laughs) you know I I actually think queer women can be quite (laughs) non-monogamous without realizing if you know what I mean like there's a lot of overlap relationships or there are a lot of people who have close friendships with an ex that are almost like a relationship but they think Mm -hmm. they're in sex with one person that that counts as monogamy but I think the the Mm -hmm. definitions can be a bit fuzzy around the edges sometimes 
So, um, so yeah, so I did that show and then I did a show about breakups that I, um, that I toured a bit around the UK, um, yeah. performed a bit internationally, but mostly, mm. mostly in the UK. And then people were coming up to me after that, some performers and friends telling me about their breakup stories and some of them mm. were quite fun and interesting and dramatic. And so, um, I started a night called the Breakup Monologues where people would come and tell a bit of a story and then it turned, it mutated into a bit more of a chat show kind of comedy therapy session where I'd ask them questions and we'd look more generally about relationships and breakups and how we recover. And then, yeah, started uh, turning it into a podcast as well. So sometimes mm. these things just come about very organically over a long period of time. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Breakups are an interesting um, time of obviously sadness and loss, but intense creativity as well. Like there's one of my guests sure. who, who talked about a breakup being like you're taking through emotional cocaine, you know, because you're suddenly mm. at kind of heightened pace and intensity and thinking about life and love and reassessing your own needs and desires so i think it it can be quite an exciting time of renewal once you've mm. got over the feelings of loss and grief so i'm i'm sort of you know i'm i was always quite a serial monogamist so i think i kind of wanted to address why i you know in some ways was almost a bit addicted to the kind of energy of a breakup uh, mm. even though it's awful I've, I've been on that kind of roller coaster of, uh, you know, great new relationship. Oh, it's gone wrong and we've broken up. And, you know, um, rather than I've not really done polyamory where you have simultaneous relationships. I've definitely been more of a serial monogamist. But I think um, there are a lot of values that people I've met who are poly. I, I kind of just like some of the ideas around just kindness, really, and just honesty and openness and good communication which for me wasn't always apparent or inherent in my, you know, kind of monogamish, monogamous relationship. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, I think it's really interesting what you're saying about um, that period after a breakup, because I totally relate to that, because the reason I'm in comedy, I started doing comedy like a year and a half ago, was because of a bad breakup. And it was that, it was such an... I mean, this was a whole dramatic re relationship <laughs> that was like involved me flying to Nepal and then he wasn't very nice to me. And it was, it was multi-layered dramatic yeah. relationship and it fell apart in Nepal and I was on the other side of the world with no one I knew. And then I ran away to India where I do have friends and yeah. whatever. But it was that, I remember the day before I got on the flight back to return to the UK after this like two months of hell, basically. And I was also writing my master's thesis at the time. So it was like a whole thing. And the <laughs> monsoon rain was like coming down as I walked up this hill from the pub. And I was like, you survived this. And I was like, Kate, if you can survive this. You can do anything. You can do anything. And that was the thing. I got back to Berlin and was like, I'm going to try comedy because what can a room of strangers do to me when the person you thought was going to love you more than anything is horrible to you? Yeah. Absolutely. And so then I decided to comedy. Yeah. You kind of learn some resilience. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do, I do comedy. I always say I do comedy to spite him. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, I think they say, well, one of the guests on my podcast, uh, Katie Brand, once said that um, sometimes your best creative work is inspired by um, revenge or a desire for sex. And so, you mm. know, the breakup, you might be fueled by a, a desire for revenge on an ex or, or sort of an excitement about, you know, new partners and new lovers and new romance. Yeah. I love the idea that everything we do might always be the sex or revenge. <laughs> Not necessarily everything we do, but often some of the very um, yeah the most create the most creative um, work mm. comes from because <laughs> mm. because often when you're kind of I don't know that there's lots of arguments about creativity out there, but um, mm. you know a lot of people say that when you're just you know kind of calm and happy, then you're not often you're not as motivated to write, you know, because there's less to write. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. How long have you been doing your podcast for? Um, well, it started off just monthly. And so I was just doing that um, in sort of 2018. And so we did about 10 episodes then. But then I decided to just do, instead do short seasons that we could release weekly, but with gaps, because I'm, I'm yes. kind of doing other gigs and writing books and mm. doing other things. So I, mm. I'm not one of those people who's releasing a podcast every single week of the year. Yeah, you know, even though I absolutely take my hat off to people that do, you know, it's great. <laughs> um, but I try and have little seasons so I can focus the energy around the podcast, particularly around Valentine's Day and times of the year when we might be thinking about relationships. Um, yeah. And when there's a lot of pressure on our relationships, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you think that this whole quarantine COVID-19 experience will change the way we do relationships? Um, I don't know. I, it, I guess it depends how long everything goes on and how much the new normal resembles the old normal. I, have a feeling that for some of us I think it's made us think in quite positive ways about kindness and and being nice and tolerating people around you you know and being nice to your neighbours you know the old lady down the road who lives on her own who might need some help getting shopping and that kind of thing mm. and being more conscious and aware because we as a society, you know, we, we spend so much time just in front of screens and working and really posting on social media all the time. And, uh, you know, I think this has made us just stop and, and breathe a little bit. And I think for mm. many of us who can get a bit lost in work and stress and social media and mm. just creating stuff and putting stuff out in the world constantly, maybe it's nice to have a bit of a, a, a bit of a breather and just to, enjoy nature like when me and my partner are out walking the dog mm. and you know this this it feels like there's so many more sounds that you can hear um that are normally drowned yeah. by all the bars of the traffic and all the public transport and trains and tubes and planes you know and now there's just fewer of those things and and you feel like nature is, is flourishing so i think there's something quite nice even though obviously this is a horrible situation um, and some people are very, very ill. And, and when you think about people dying and you look at the numbers, it's, well, it, uh, you know, it, it's hard to even feel that that is real. 
unless mm. very close to you are becoming very ill so it's it's kind of strange that in in some ways this very very serious situation i think has some positive effects because as a society we mm. might start to appreciate simpler things and being nice to one another mm. oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it'd be so. nice if those kind of values kind of permeated our culture mm. and you know we were nice to our partners however many we've got um you know and and sort of just just had those those thoughts of kindness and compassion and tolerance which sometimes i think we forget obviously lots of people are lovely but, but yeah. yeah i think i think we live in a society where we can we can all verge towards narcissism because that is encouraged mm, mm. I feel like that's really nice a really hopeful idea of like things that could be that we'll get out of this <laughs> let's hope <laughs> let's hope so let's be optimistic about yes. it yes <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, twenty-two to like thirty-five, I guess. And how old are you? I'm twenty-seven. In right. eleven days. In twelve okay. days. Okay. Uh, you twenty-six, motherfucker. You think you slick? All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> trying to make himself sound older because Brenda's in the room. You know oh, what I'm saying? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> on a campaign okay i'm almost 27 <laughs> so daniel is that why you so you're not on tinder because tinder people are weird and no, then no, okay cupid motherfuckers is too old for you you know what mm. i'm saying so what 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 sites are you with so when all, all the ladies want to find some hot ugandan loving where do they go with which website can they find the black mama where, where can they find ramsey's spear uh, 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 uh. Where can they find King Shaka's gold? Where can they go? <laughs> you have to say Black Mamba, man. <laughs> you called yourself back Black Black Mamba, man. Shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> where, 
where, where, where can they go, man? You know what I'm saying? Oh. They wanna, what, what websites do you recommend? Where, where can one find African-American gentlemen? Or looking Bruh, for I'm, I'm African. I'm not African American. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. That's right. She's a, she was like, I don't want no African American. I'm done with y'all niggas. I want from the motherland. I need a nigga with health insurance. I want. I'm, I'm done dating men with student loan debt. I need. That is not what I was saying. African. Well, no. So, so. I said the black diaspora. Okay. Yeah. Where okay. Where can they find the black diet? Dia- diaspora Di- diorama diorama diaphragm uh, diaphragm find, find a Di- black Di- diaphragm <laughs> where can they find uh a, a on bumble i guess there's <laughs> there's bumble there's uh there's hinge i guess hinge there's hinge. there's j swipe as well j swipe j swipe that's a new one <laughs> no it's old j swipe what the J stand for? Big? Like, I don't understand. Jewish. 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 Oh, shit. You're going to get you one of them Ethiopian brothers out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, Daniel's not Jewish. You a nigga named Zab Judah. Okay, okay. You're not Jewish? <laughs> no, no, no. What are the 12 tribes at? Is it, is it Bobby Brown, like, like, like a black Hebrew Israelite? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, hey, dude. Bobby Brown's single. He's been single for a while. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you want to beat Bobby Brown, you go in there. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He got I think the, Daniel's on Grinder anyway. Oh, oh shit. Ah! <laughs> oh, man. You're nah, 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 I know he ain't on Grinder, man. That, that, that brother, he is. He, he won't even do a girl in the butt. Okay. So. Oh, <laughs> He didn't even wipe his own ass. He hop in the shower every time he shit. Okay. What about farmers only? Or is that just the US? I didn't even know that. Farmer farmers only. Is that is that something I thought that was like it's legit. Yeah. Wait, you go you meet a black man on farmers only? Isn't that like some old like (laughs) slavery? Slavery is over, my buddy. (laughs) Plantation pickup. Okay, no, it ain't gonna be Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back in the day, you just went to Wall Street. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what's the read the next question? Yeah, you know what? There's just there's not that many brothers in Germany in the first place. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And the ones that are here, they're not even on those sites. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. Like like what? Like I think uh, I think Justin was on Tinder. I saw I saw Justin using Tinder before. But otherwise, nothing. I used it for like a couple months, but that was like weird. Too many white girls going to my DMs calling me a nigga. What's up, nigga? I have blocks. You know what I'm saying? You can't call me the N-word until after we break up. Like, you can't be starting with the niggas off off top. After I fuck it up, then that's when you come through with the racial slurs. You don't just be coming up. Like, off top, like we ain't even, you know what I'm saying? Shit. You got a lot of confidence. You think your pussy that good? You just call me a nigga up front. Okay, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Um, are more uh, wait. Are most men in Berlin shy when it comes to actual conversation, or do they just not like actual conversation? 
Oh, <laughs> well, like actual conversation. Oh, what is actual God. conversation? That's the thing, like there's conversation, actual conversation. So Any, Paul, anything. why don't you yeah. like actual conversation? You're, you're a Berlin <laughs> man. I am, but I quite like, I, I can speak like what uh, I don't, what, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after I talking know, to Paul, like I depends. don't like conversation. No, just, so I like conversation, but it's like you have to have to go for it, and sometimes it works out, and sometimes it's not working out. So, mm. so it's sort of like the less depends. you talk, the harder it is to like fuck it, it up for yourself. Exactly, but the thing is, like you, you just it, it has to it has to have a flow. You know what I mean? Like in some cases, it's just so she has to be old so. enough to menstruate. Is that what you're saying? Or yes, of course. Okay, that, that is a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Daniel agrees with you. You know what I'm saying? He wants to yeah. right before they stop menstruating. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, but, but I guess you can find a lot of... He needs an administrator. He can do his religious rights. Okay. Um, so we're going to... Wow. What religious rights? <laughs> <laughs> what religious rights? Whatever, man. You know you were Sangoma. You know what I'm saying? All the Sangomas are from Uganda, man. We know that. that that's your side gig. <laughs> Sangoma, Sangoma's you know the doctors. That's right? right, Daniel put a curse on anybody you don't like for 20 year olds. Um, <laughs> Actually, I do know some of those rituals. Curse three, get crazy. one for free. See, I told you, he knows this shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. that, that's why, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He'd be on witchdoctorfinder.com. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Although those rituals would be very hard to do in Germany. Well, you know what? I, I think I think it'd be hard for like German. I mean, for men in, in Berlin, because some of these motherfuckers like English is like their second language. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And like their third language. And when you are trying to when you're communicating using like like the foreign language, they might not know English well enough to hide their racist and or sexist Fair. beliefs. <laughs> it's better they just don't even talk. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. They're, they're the same thing. <laughs> Girls in my DMs. What's up, nigga? It's because you know what I mean. They don't speak well enough English to know another word, you know, for a black person. You know what I'm saying? Because of course I'm not a person, I'm just something they want to try uh, again. This would make my parents angry, you know what I mean? Oh, summer is starting, you know? Oh I want a child who won't get sunburned, you know? Oh necessarily true. If I have a kid with a white one who's gonna come out looking like Sinbad or iced tea, and you don't want that. I don't, I, I don't want that either. So, you know. When you pull the condom off me and I put it back on, it's for a reason, white girls. Oh All right, word. so now, um, what's the next question, Daniel? Okay. in the UK, that's where he is. Um, so yeah, enjoy that. And as always, stay safe, uh, stay healthy, love you lots, and see you next time. 
Food shop, long line, everybody panic buy pasta, toilet roll, baked beans and hand gel. Otherwise, stay inside, Instagram, FaceTime, binge watch Netflix, working out with Joe Wicks. Strange times, all change time to rearrange your priorities, spend time with family, talk less, listen more, show them that you're grateful for smiles, love, kindness, go and learn some mindfulness, someday we will find these days are far behind, and everything is fine, for today we've got to Oh